Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Thanks, guys, girls, for coming. Um, we hope you're hungover as hell on your couch. And we thank you for spending New Year's Day with us. This is the beginning of the Civilized Barking post-game live room. We've been doing these for most of the season. Uh, I'm here at the game. Jason is not but we're going to take you through it as people start to trickle in. So what you hear in the background is the blower here at FedEx Field. Um, I'm not in a totally soundproof room. It's just what it is. I've been kicked out of fancier places than this. But anyway, uh, the Browns win. And I thought the first half was as bad as it could get, Jason. Uh, and then obviously in the second half, they dominate. They score three times in a row um, on long drives, on balanced offense. The defense answers the call. You know, um, beats up Carson Wentz the way they should. And, you know, to me, the only debate is how you view it. How do you view this team? How do you view what could have been, where it is, what they signed up for, right? Like today, if you have any investment in the Browns, you come away feeling good because Watson was so awful in the first half. And then there were seven or eight or nine plays, right, in the, in the second half, including the three, t- obviously all on the three touchdown drives. We are like, okay, if it looks like this, then, then maybe they're on to something. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously the whole end of the season is about Deshaun. That's all that matters. And, you know, I look, there's a lot of people screaming about, I saw on Twitter, give the ball to Nick Moore, give the ball to Nick Moore. It's all about Deshaun. And, and so I, I, I get why they took three points off the board. I, I'm sure you hated that. I can tell by the tweet I think you hated that. I thought, well, who cares if you win or lose? Like, let's see what you got. Fourth and goal at the three, let's go for it. Let's see what you, let's see what you come up with. And, of course, they didn't get it. Um, the second quarter was just they – didn't, they didn't have the ball. So it was a bad first quarter. They couldn't get the ball in the second quarter because the Redskins held it for 12 minutes on one drive. And then the second half, he was great. He was under pressure all afternoon. That was a little concerning how, how easily the Redskins – I almost said it again – how easily the commanders were getting him. I thought he did a great job of eluding pressure, keeping plays alive, running when he needed to, finding guys down the field. The second half was the Deshaun Watson that the Browns traded for, and it was the first glimpse of the guy that, that I think that they were hoping to get. Yeah, I did hate it. I did hate it. And then, of course, to call a design quarterback run, like it just at that time of the game, he hadn't shown, you know, that the ball needed to be in his hands there. And it, it was a little too much. And that's kind of the rub. That's that's where they are. Right. Like it's all about him. They're not they're not playing for anything. Frankly, there was a stretch where I thought, well, if they needed to win this game, they don't have the right quarterback. in. But it flipped quickly. Um, the one to Najoku. You know, I thought the first touchdown was re- it was a good throw. It wasn't anything special. It was Amari making a play. Then later, the one to yeah. Joku down towards the corner that gets him inside the ten. I think that's a big time throw. Uh, the second one to Amari is a really big time throw. And then both Kevin and uh, Deshaun said after the game that the one they liked the most was the touchdown to DPJ. And it wasn't just because DPJ had dropped it and it came back to him. They said they 
they called that play expecting to get a certain coverage. They did. You know, they called that play expecting guys to go left and the defense to go left and to get DPJ coming back to the right. And so that, to me, you know, obviously you get the touchdown and it's, it, it, it sets up, you know, puts you in the lead and Carson Wentz just isn't going to come back from that. But that's the growth, right? Hey, we're, we're not freaking out on third down. We know what we're getting here. We trust you to, to wait and be patient enough and not bail out of the pocket, not throw it somewhere you're not supposed to. And, and, you, and you trust the guys, right? Like, Najoku had more drops today. DPJ had drops today. Deshaun showed faith. And so the final numbers, again, and, that, and that's kind of been the story for four weeks. I think he's mostly outplayed the numbers to a large extent, right? But I just thought it went from really, really bad to, okay, this is real growth. And, again, how you examine it and how sick it makes you think about the Jets game or what you still think of Stefanski's game management, which I don't think much of it. Um, you look and you say, okay, like the situation is what it is. And Deshaun Watson looked like a really good player today. And, and the Browns can only, uh, you know, they obviously won, they feel good and they can only grow from that. What uh, you texted me that too, that you thought Stefanski's game management was awful. I didn't think that because I thought they were controlling the second half. What didn't you like? I guess you're talking about the first half. What didn't you like about it? Yeah, I, I just – I saw Deshaun have no confidence. Um, he, he had two really bad misses the first play of the game. Then I think – I don't know if it was second or third to Harrison Bryant. Like, it's just an awful throw. You know, and then I don't like taking the points off the board when you're playing against Carson Wentz because this this very easily could have been a 13-10, 12-9 kind of game. But I just – I, I thought – and I get what he's trying to do. The offense just didn't have it for two quarters. And I know they didn't have the ball for 12 minutes and, and that kind of skewed it. But I just thought that putting the ball in his hands was not right. And then the, to call a, a quarterback draw when you want to go for it on fourth down after you've taken points off the board, I just sh- I just thought that was a lack of feel. And that's kind of been one of my big things is the lack of feel. But I can tell you in the locker room, it was all smiles. Um, obviously, excitement for Deshaun. Appreciation for Amari Cooper and what he's been you know, for this team and just guys who felt redeemed. Like so many times all year, Jason, we've talked about this. When they score, they need to stop. Well, today we saw score. Miles Garrett sack for the stop, score again, right? When they're 5-0, and oh, they haven't created enough turnovers. The last month of the season, they've started to create some. against the Texans while the Texans blow, right? But they come out today and, and the commanders aren't good either, but they get the three. You know, they didn't score on them early, but, you know, even late, you don't want to leave it to an onside kick. You don't want to leave it to the door open for crap. We've seen that, right? So right. Wentz chucks it and right. Delphi right. goes and gets it. And so, you know, um, <laughs> the vitriol in here, we sit really low here. So it's almost like we're in the crowd. And these people wanted Carson Wentz out from his first throw of the game, no exaggeration. And several hundred of them waited till after the game to boo him. The game has been over for 15 minutes and they stacked the tunnel to boo Carson Wentz. But, you know, the fact is it was here for the Browns taking. And many times, one, two, three, or more times, you can make the case the Browns didn't take it this year when they had that opportunity. Today they did, and and it's a feel-good win mostly because of the quarterback and the offense in the second half. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to talk about Wentz in a second uh, because I just the, the whole thing was puzzling because Washington's right in the thick of this and they're trying to make the playoffs. But I'm going to get killed for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't think it's tricky. The Browns want to win every game they play, obviously. And there are points in the season where teams really need to win to feel good about themselves. I don't think the Browns cared if they won last week. They cared if they won today. Care if they win next week. And when you say, like, taking the points off the board and and Deshaun didn't have it early, I don't think they care. They are going to make this work come hell or high water. And they're going to throw it as much as they threw it last week because we're going to find out if Deshaun can throw it in bad conditions. And we're going to throw it today because he may not have it and he's under pressure and he looks terrible, but we have got to make this work. And we're going to drive this square peg into this round hole because this is what we build our franchise on. And if it means we lose last week at home to the Saints in a game we should have won, if it means we lose today at Washington, if it means we lose next week, we don't care. We are going to figure this out and make this work. I truly feel like that was the mindset that they took. I, I kind of took a step back. I, I didn't, attend the game last week as a, as a writer, I was in the stands with my son. So I didn't have quite all of the, you know, the whatever during the game. And you and I didn't really talk a whole lot and I was frozen to death. And as I thought about it during the week, it was like, you know what? I think they threw it that much because the guy came here and said, I dismissed you first because I didn't like the weather. So they kind of threw him in the deep end and said, well, son, this is what it is in December and January. So you better figure it out. And I know I'm going back a week, but it, it sort of plays into, yeah, we got to we have points on the board today, and we've got a six point lead, we got a six nothing lead, but we got a chance for fourth and three, and we're going to see what this offense looks like on a fourth and three goal line situation, and we got to have it. So we're going to put you back out there, and we're going to see what we have. And you know what? You threw it to the friggin' right tackle, but we're going to keep throwing it, and we're going to keep doing this because we have got to get this right. And if it means we lose the game, it doesn't matter. It's all about next year. What do you think? You are going to get zero argument from me on that. I, I completely agree. Okay. You know, I don't know to what extent, but today I saw Jerome Ford get carries, which I wrote about this week. You know, we saw DeAnthony Bell start the game. He had played defense once all year, and that's when Delpit got the one-play suspension. You know, I mean, the game's over, right? But they put Jack – they take Jack Conklin out. They put Hudson in. Like, they, they were going to do some things today, right? And including take points off the board and try to convert a fourth down with Deshaun Watson. So, yes, I – I completely agree, and that's what they signed yeah. up for. And again, that that's what everybody's wrestling here. And you know, what what points of the season are you looking at to evaluate how much is fire and Joe Woods really going to change instantly? You know, is there anything to be extracted from these young receivers who still don't really do anything, but they played Jalen Darden today, right? Like they're giving it a shot. So, 
So yes, I, you will get no argument. Yeah. And, and of course, we would not get any admission as to what level they're at that operation. Um, and, and, and I think you would get some understandable pushback from people saying, well, of course, you know, had they just won one more game along the way, this whole vibe would be different. Um, but I agree with you. Now, next week, they have to win. And, and I don't think Kevin's job's at stake. Guys, I've, I have gone the text and call route of the very highest people that I know in the NFL that will take my texts or calls, and they all say Kevin is safe. And that was all part of the plan. And I know we can't just apply common sense to the Cleveland Browns because so few times over the last 24 years has common sense applied to the Cleveland Browns, right? But I just think for this, this project, this ongoing, we have to do things. We need these vibes. We disappointed again. And the team did not get better this year, right? Um, uh, you no, know, they, they need to win next week. Nope. And so we'll see. There's, like, I, I think what the second half probably did a lot of things today. And when I sit down to finish writing here, Jason, I'm going to try to put some of them into words without going too far one way or the other. But it set up a chance for them to, you know, they, they definitely made some strides today, right? And it set up a chance for them to really get a win next week, whether it ends up meaning something to the Steelers or not, and it might, because the Steelers could win tonight and the Jets are getting their butts kicked as we sit here and talk about it. Like, you know, it, it sets up a chance for them to say, okay, hey, we, we finished pretty strongly. And even if it was just glimpses, we showed we're all right. Because this team's not a contender now, um, not, not in any form or fashion. But a few of those throws that we mentioned in the third quarter, that's the path to getting there. You know, I, I was watching the game today thinking, man, you mentioned the Jets game earlier. If they fall on the odds, like there's – I've said it until I'm blue in the face. There's no point going through it again. But, you know, if they fall on the onside kick against the Jets, if Jacoby doesn't throw the pick at the end of the, of the Chargers game, you know, there's two wins right there. If they, if they were in position to, to where they had a chance to make the playoffs, it's kind of where Washington is right now. And, you know, trying to figure out between Heineke and Wentz because you're all about $230 million and you're all about getting Deshaun ready for next year. But if you were really trying to win, you could make the argument that the way Deshaun has played these last few weeks, that Jacoby gives you a better chance to win games right now. And that's sort of where Washington is. And I was a little surprised that they went back to Wentz because Heineke had been playing relatively well, all things considered. And, and we saw it. It's funny. I mean, Carson's been out so long. I was watching him today going, well, I mean, he hasn't been out 700 days, but he looked like Deshaun did against Houston with some of the throws that he made. And some of that yeah. is just Carson Wentz. Like, that's, that's how you roll. You know what you're getting into with him. But some of those throws were just dreadful, and it looked like a guy who hadn't played quarterback in a while. I was a little surprised they went back to him because they're still right in the thick of the playoff race. They're very much alive in the NFC. I'm curious what you thought of that and – and, and, and I don't want to take anything away from the defensive effort because Grant Delpit played great. We've been hard on Grant at times. I don't know how smart of a football player he is, but he's a hell of an athlete. He made a couple big-time stops today. Obviously, had the pick. Denzel's been playing great. You tweeted it. I totally agree. Denzel Ward got off to a terrible start this year. He's been terrific the last month or so. And the defense has been doing what it needs to do, but they've also done it against some really crappy quarterbacks is when they've had their best games. Just what did you think of the decision of, of Washington to go back to Carson, and how much does that play into the evaluation of what we saw defensively today? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to wonder just how bad this Henneke was, right? And the Browns don't play. The Commanders The Commanders are also a 1 o'clock Sunday team. I don't see a bunch of them. There's no one here. Yeah, I saw, I saw, him, like, I saw him like twice this year and thought, all right, well, he's right. not terrible. Yeah, no, they just played Sunday night a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, that, that was puzzling because once was all over the place. And like I said, the very first throw of the game, 
it was not like a couple people throwing their hands up and booing, right? Like it was like people gave the impression that they came to the stadium to boo the shit out of Carson Wentz off one throw, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's not a good vibe. We, we've lived that in Cleveland, right? So that did kind of surprise me. I, I just have to feel like they, they thought they could get some more pop. And um, Denzel makes a great play on the interception, but frankly, that's no one's open there. Just like the last one, no one's open there. He's just chucking it up. Now at the end, you're trying to make a play, right? You need to score twice. You're going to need something. But yeah, it was, it was sloppy. It was ugly. And the Browns needed to get the kill shots that they got. Um, we saw another active game from Clowney. We saw another active game from Miles Garrett. You know, Denzel hurt his shoulder at the end. We don't have an extent on that, but AJ Green came in and made a couple plays. So, you know, they mixed in DeAnthony Bell, the rookie, as, as we mentioned. I mean, this is a defense that's playing Reggie Ragland and Jermaine Carter at linebacker. That's not the equivalent of playing Carson Wentz at the most position, most important position in sports. But, you know, credit to the defense. And I, I scrolled the chat while you were talking. Um, guys, I don't know what's going to happen with Joe Woods. I have a guess. And I, and I think the decision was probably made long, long ago. But we'll see. We'll find out in a week. You know, we'll see how this goes. There, There is a layer of unpredictability to this whole thing. Um, and, you know, it, it's been an inconsistent roller coaster ride. It is never as simple as saying it's all about next year because you were always in doing that you know, saying you're good and then eventually showing that you misevaluated several players, but giving away a prime year of Nick Chubb, of Miles Garrett, things like that. And I don't think that was really anybody's ever intention, right? I think the Browns have kind of dealt with their realities here, um, you know, for the most part, but we'll see. I read it like Kevin wants to keep the special teams coach. I read it like the defensive staff is getting cleaned out. And I read it like Kevin and most of the team are coming back next year. But what happens in the next couple of weeks, both on the field next Saturday or Sunday when everybody's watching and in the fallout of things, we'll see. Because there's there's some angry people, um, some angry players and angry coaches. And, and this is a front office group that in its third year of continuity didn't show much much growth and showed that it has a pretty average roster. So we'll see where this goes from here. A couple more things I want to make sure we touch on. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I've said all along, I thought Kevin was safe. I think he should be back. I think you and I disagree. I think there's days where you want him go- most days. I think you want him gone. I want to see him one more year. I want to give one more chance with Deshaun. But if the coach is fighting for his job, he's not taking points off the board. He's not throwing as much as they did last week. He that's knows right. he, he knows he's safe. Like that's why they're doing the things that they're doing. Because he's not coaching for his life, for his coaching life here. That's just more evidence of, of the point I was trying to make earlier. Um, and then one other, I, I did see something in the chat about, oh, so now it's all about next year. That wasn't the thing at the start of the year. That wasn't the plan at the start of the year. Well, I kind of said it was. As soon as the suspension went to 11 games, I said it changed everything. So I think they were always gearing for next year once they didn't make a move and they rolled with Jacoby. Now, the way it turned out, Jacoby is much better than – we thought that he would be and the defense was even worse or was much worse than we thought it would be. And I agree with you. I think Joe Woods is gone. I think the entire defensive staff is gone. I think changes to the offensive staff are probably in order. Um, it, it could be a whole new look on both sides, uh, offensively and defensively on, on Kevin's staff next year. Um, and then the, and for as hard as we've been, that's the other thing I want to say for as hard as we've been on some of the Barry picks and rightfully so he absolutely stole Amari Cooper. 
what yes. a great trade that was. What how good he has been for this team. Uh, terrific today. Just a pro. Like that, they need more adults in the locker room. I think you you and I see it in some of the. It's it's a it's you know. Young guys do young things and they play silly games in the locker room and whatever. But Amari is just a Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb. If you give me 53 of those guys, I'll give you a playoff team year in and year out. Just the way that they carry themselves, their maturity, the mentality, pros, pros, and how they handle their business. And I just think Amari Cooper, I don't know that we've talked enough about him this year on just what a great addition he has been, what a positive impact he has been. If you remove Jarvis Landry, and his leadership, I don't know if Amari Cooper is as vocal of a leader, probably not, but just the way he conducts himself day in and day out, the way he helps his team, has been huge. It absolutely has. Um, and he hasn't had a perfect year, right? But but he's had a darn good one. Um, I'm happy for him because he is a pro's pro. And because I think in some of the games where he's made plays that don't necessarily show up in the stat sheet or on the big numbers, and then today he gets gets the huge one, you know, and, and gets his flowers a little bit. Um, I want to do this, Jason, before we get out of here. So, like, whether you're in the camp that this was a few things that plagued the Browns and always had the big thing hanging over with the quarterback, or whether you're in the camp that there were 30 or 40 or 50 issues with the Browns and they got a lot to clean up. We agree that, number one, this year was the failure of the defense, right? Like, even even outside, to me, of the quarterback uncertainty. Because there there was eventually some some level of certainty, and there was much better play for a chunk of the season than we expected. Number one to me is the defense. Are, are we on the same page with that? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and, and I just I just bring that up because I think as we look here and evaluate, and, and if and, you know if you totally disagree with us on certain things or disagree with your buddies who you argue with at work or at the bar or whatever, you're probably not going to get your mind changed by anything, right? But I, I just think the run defense was so bad it leaked to other parts. And today, you know, because he easily sunk you. Who gives up a 12-minute drive in the NFL, <laughs> right? Yeah. 21 plays <laughs> the entire you know? quarter. And, like, a signature of the Brown season is is stupid shit happens. Um, Miles Garrett wrecks his car. Grant Delpit gets a one-play suspension. Some idiot turfs the field. Like, all of those things, right? But the root yeah. of a lot of the things that people see that make headlines or make you really roll your eyes was defensive players throwing people under the bus after the game. You know, my, uh, I mean, this, the statue of the season is Grant Delpit with his hands up in the Jets game. Like where, where would that go? Cause it was like three times in a row. They just weren't in the right coverage. And that was before the run defense really yeah. started to fall apart. Right. So I, you know, I, I think that is why I think that the defensive staff is going to get changed. And that is why I'm like, this is super important because, you know, Clowney's a free agent. There are no defensive tackles. Um, JOK obviously is is a linchpin of your linebacker room, but I think you've seen that what he is, which is not a 17 game, 70 snap a game guy, because he's really unique, but he's not going to hold up, right? And you have these safeties, one a yeah, top 40 yeah. pick, and one somebody you give 25 million guarantee to. And even today, this this made Grant Delpit have an average year. He's been he's had an awful year before today, right? Like he's pretty good when something's right in front of him. This is the third time all year he's made plays on a pass. So um, it, it is concerning with the yeah. defense um, to me. And then, and then, you know, we'll see how that all gets sorted out. But I just wanted to, as we start to dissect it and go through here, I, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page with that. Yeah. The biggest problems are defensively. That's why I don't think it matters what happens these last 
two, three, four games. I think the, the fate has been sealed. Why the move wasn't made earlier, I don't know. I, I, I wrote it after the Bills game that they've just lost all faith in, in the scheme and in, in these defensive coaches. I don't think the players trust them, frankly. Right. No, I, I agree. And, and, and I don't know. A quick thing on Amari. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Amari, too. Um, you know, that was a great move. It got ahead of the receiver market, got him for nothing. You know, the contract was dangling out there. The Browns traded for him to make sure they didn't have to get in a bidding war with him. They redid the contract, and we'll see how that works out going forward. But I mean, that's the other maddening thing is like there have been some really good personnel moves like that. And then there's the construction of the rest of the front seven, you know? Then there's the middle round pick thing that lingers and is going to hurt you next year too. So when people ask, what are they going to, you know, they have been aggressive. They have spent and they have moved resources to go get guys to fill glaring needs. So when I look at what it's going to be pick 40 or pick 42, somewhere in that range, I think they'll try to shop it for a defensive tackle. You know, I think they'll absolutely be in the veteran linebacker market. You know, I, I think they'll obviously want to, they'll have chances to spend big on a couple of guys and rework some numbers if they need to and push things further down the road. And I think they're in win now mode. I, I don't think they want to have to trade anybody. I don't think they care about recouping first round picks. I think they have to get better for now and we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I fully expect them to be aggressive, specifically a defensive tackle and linebacker early in March. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I don't, they, they can't address everything in the draft. I don't know how much free agent dollars they're going to have or what's available. You, there are no, I mean, if, with defensive tackles, it's, if you have good ones, you're not going to let them go. Right. Like if they're available in free agency, there's a reason why they're available in free yeah. agency. It's not the place that. So just, yeah, just on the moving parts on that guys, um, the cap is going to go up like 20 ish million because of the new meteorites deals. So right now the Browns are slated to have not much on the books, but they'll be able to roll over almost 30 million and then it'll go up. So, so they will have some, um, now they're going to have to re-sign center Ethan Pochick. You know, Anthony Walker and Taki Taki are going to be both coming off injuries. You know, those are going to be tricky things. Um, JJ's money, John Johnson's money is guaranteed. Clowney is a free agent. You know, they committed to Coughlin. So, you know, a lot of that 40, 50, what it's going to be, is going to go quickly into your own guys. You just did the redid the Amari and did the Deshaun contract last year. You can redo those and push it down. Do you really want to do that? So they're going to have, they're going to have some money to spend, but they have some, not only some real needs, but some of their own business to take care of. You know, I think we, we don't expect Kareem Hunt back um, at all. We don't think the receiving core is good enough at all. Right. So that's another area. Um, You know, James Hudson comes back as your third tackle. So I think they did the Conklin deal because they said, we, we like this guy. We know he's here. We like what he's about. And before some other team exorbitantly overpays him in the market, like we better commit to him to keep from having one more hole on this team. So that's what I see. They're, they're, the rollover, why they structured the deals they did was, A, to get through the business of last year when they had to do all those extensions and they didn't know what was going to happen with Baker. They didn't know that Clowney was going to come back, all that stuff but it really was to have that money to roll over to this year because they're going to have some needs. Do they have more than they anticipated? Sure. So they're going to have enough to be players, but I think it's going to be, you know, kind of an all in approach. And, and I think it's going to be focused on getting veterans, you know, you know, not, not admitting to mistakes in the draft and saying, we don't trust ourselves, but just the reality of, Hey, we got to try to win with this team right now. 
You got anything else, Jason, before we, well, we get out of here? I'm just curious. We have plenty of time in the offseason to discuss all this, but while we're talking about some of this stuff, who's the center next year? Do you think it's Postic, and what happens to Nick Harris if it is? Yeah, well, Harris would be under contract for one more year. You know, he, he got hurt in August, so he would be realistically coming back for the start of training camp. I think Postic's been so good, you got to make him the starter again. Like, what's Nick Harris done to prove that he's ready yeah. for the job? Right. And, well, and the league seems Postic's going to be good. So Postic got paid last year like a backup, and he's going to get paid like a starter this year, right? So I think right. I think yeah. that's an number. I, I just think, and smartly, where has this team invested its dollars? In the O-line from day one when Barry and Stefanski took over. So why would that stop? Right. Yep. So that, that to me is a no brainer. It's just not going to come, you know, last yeah. year they signed Ethan Postic like March 22nd, you know, and it was just kind of a blurb and it was a little over a league minimum deal for a guy who had played a little been a backup. Well, it's a really good signing and he's had a really good year except for the four games that he missed. So he's going to make triple his salary next year. The Browns should be first to pay it. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, all right, guys, um, I'm going to get to writing. We're going to get out of here. So thanks for listening to the live room. Civilized Barking Post Game Podcast. There is a week left in the season. Uh, the vibes are certainly better after this game than they were after last game. And the Browns are headed back to the airport to head back to Cleveland. So seven and nine, one game left, and it's an interesting one. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.